I'm loving this. Yes, yes, yes. Welcome to this edition of Morgan You Asked For podcast, January 30th, about 7 o'clock here, uh, Monday night, uh, a little bit before the Iowa State game tonight. So, you know, obviously most of you listening to this, we're going to talk as if Iowa State hasn't played yet, but most of you will know the results before you listen to this. So um, sorry for that, but that's just the way it works. We wanted to get this in tonight so I could watch it. So we are doing it before. Um, obviously, the number one story is the NFL. And then the number one story for us here on the podcast is the Brock Purdy injury. Um, you know, obviously this afternoon it came out that he did tear his UCLA, UCL, not UCLA, UCL. Um, that usually requires surgery. Um, he is going to go have a second opinion, which I don't blame him. You would do that no matter what. Um, he would like to avoid surgery if at all possible, I'm sure. Uh, and he'll go see the best doctors in the country. And they will go and try to fix that and get him back as soon as they can, as good, you know, come back maybe even better than ever. So that's the latest with Brock Purdy. Um, let's uh, go ahead. Let's talk about the game, and then we'll go through, you know, his future, um, and then some scenarios that uh, the, you know, the 49ers have coming up. So first, let's talk about the game. It was this, I believe it was the sixth play on offense. So essentially this game was over before it started. It was not a good football game. It was not a fun football game to watch. Um, after that happened, uh, Josh Johnson was not ready to play, in my opinion. And then they brought back Brock back in, but he could not throw the football. Um, it was kind of interesting last night, though. Jim Nance said that, you know, Brock Purdy started the game. Brock Purdy ended the game. He had a hundred percent completion rate. Yet they lost by over twenty. <laughs> I mean, if you really want to get down to it, it's kind of funny. Um, but uh, he just obviously couldn't grip the football correctly. Couldn't throw the football, and uh, it just and, and the Eagles are good. Eagles are better than I thought they were. I have not watched them a lot this year. You know, just a few times here or there. They're good. I don't know if they would have won or not. I think a big play in this game, obviously the Purdy injury, but that first series, fourth and three, um, with the catch that wasn't a catch, but there was not a challenge, there wasn't anything, and they were allowed to get that first touchdown. Yeah, that was definitely a big play where the Eagles got that catch, ruled for them. Obviously, they hurried up to the line smartly uh, on their behalf. They did a good job, and they got a playoff before uh, the officials could review if they wanted to. So. Uh, the Eagles were were smart on that. Again, going back to Brock Purdy, very unfortunate what happened. Like you said, Josh Johnson wasn't ready to play. I thought the 49ers defense, for the most part, after that injury, did pretty good. They did they for a long time. Yep. And then the 49ers got the ball back before halftime. And I get Shanahan's thinking, let's let's maybe stay aggressive because we kind of have to. You're down to your four-string quarterback. You know, you don't have a lot of options at this point. So he's calling plays, 
maybe get a field goal before half. And then after half, you get the ball back. Right. So I get his thinking, but then Josh Austin has a fumble and the Eagles go up 21 seven. And you kind of felt like that was a dagger in the game. Yep. Uh, just given, you know, you're down to your four string guy, obviously, mm-hmm. you know, you don't want to ever give up, but I mean, <laughs> it's a human sport. So I, I think at that point, just about everybody knew the game was essentially over. Right. The only thing you were hoping is Brock's injury wasn't as bad as you, you thought it was. And they gave him a shot and it just needed a little bit of time to kick in before he wasn't feeling any pain that he could do go back to near 100 percent. And obviously that was not the case. That, no, that, was, I, that was your I only was... that was your only hope is that he could come back in the second half. Um, like you said, almost 100 percent. Exactly. And, and I was a little frustrated in the first half when he got injured, you know, and, and I understand like I when I saw the the replay, I'm like, he must have felt something pop or tear. Right. And, but in the back of him, I'm like, damn it, Brock, get out there and at least at least throw a ball or two. And let's right. just see, because, uh, you know, the game depends on it. Obviously, now getting the news of the injury, he was clearly injured. Uh, it wasn't just some little uh, boo boo that, you know, he didn't have a bruise. He has a legit injury here. Yeah, he's he's so, not hurt. He is injured. You know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So at the time, I was a little frustrated. I'm like, yep. And Brock, this is your biggest moment of your life. Get out there and at least throw a pass or two. I would love to have seen it. But I also later, you know, as the game went on, I understood it. I kind of calmed down. Um, I wasn't so judgmental as maybe some people online, uh, which I'm sure you saw a lot of that. But now that we know the severity of the injury, it makes sense. Yeah, you you do wonder because, you know, and maybe he did on the sideline or whatever, but you would have liked to seen him maybe try to throw, even if it's an interception or whatever, he, they never even tried to throw it even with him. I mean, I don't know. I don't know if maybe he, he physically could not, you know, that that was the only thing is, you know, when you're down like that, your only hope is for him to be the quarterback and him to be, you know, close to a hundred percent, throw it downfield. If it gets picked, it gets picked, you know, you're, you're probably going to lose anyway. Um, a little surprising they didn't go, um, you know, Christian McCaffrey at quarterback and then Debo Samuel at running back and, you know, kind of dink and dunk and be creative. They, they were super creative um, for that lot of time there with Josh Johnson not being in there on getting everybody the ball a little bit differently, hand off to Kittle, you know, different ways to get Debo the ball, everything. They, they were being as creative as they could in the scope of the offense, but, you know, obviously – you know, the Eagles, very, very good on defense, and they were not scared at all. Yeah, they, they came up with some stuff, like you said, after Josh Johnson got injured. It would have been fun as a fan to see what Christian McCaffrey and Debo could have done. Right. Uh, I will say the, the one thing that puzzled me a little bit, I, I understand it both sides of it, but toward the end of the game where they had no chance, where Brock Purdy came back and was just handing off, yep. they had all the elite offensive starters still in the game. And they had no chance to win where they were just, you know, hand the ball off, hand the ball off. At that point, I think it's time to start pulling the pulling your top guys. Yeah. And and I wanna, and I because you're late like, in the season here and you don't want to get them injured for the start of next season. Right. Because, you know, yeah, you just uh you know, you have a six month injury like Brock Purdy has or more, they're out for the beginning of next year. Or, you know, say it is an ACL or something, which happens all the time, they're gonna be out for most if not all the season next year so um the only thing with that is that's what makes the nfl a little bit different than like high school or college football 
there's only 53 guys that are active. Um, they don't have it too deep at every spot. And, you know, you see Bosa out there on punt return and you see Fred Warner out there running around on kick coverage and things like that, just because they don't have 120 guys to choose from like college, you know, where you truly have a second team O or even a third team offense. They physically do not have those guys. And so that's, that is, it's always kind of weird where, you know, even in a 20 point game with two seconds left, you still see Tom Brady taking that knee um, a lot or guys like that. And that is a reason why is they just don't have the number of guys. Now, I think another thing is, is some teams do carry three quarterbacks and, you know, um, obviously the 49ers are, are on, we're on their third slash fourth quarterback, but it came back to get them not having that third quarterback on the roster being, I don't think they're active. They could only come in if the number one guy or number two guy gets hurt. They can't just play the third guy just because. But, you know, this may question some more teams to to carry that third quarterback. It, it might, or it might just be the 49ers have the worst luck of any team out there with quarterbacks. Okay. Well, like. and then, then here's another thing. I'm going to interrupt you here. I saw this today, and I can't remember. It was on Twitter or Facebook or something that, is the downfall to Shanahan's offense protection. You know, obviously the 49ers went through four quarterbacks this year. The The Dolphins, who, you know, obviously their head coach was a, a, the offense coordinator last year and the years before, they went through three quarterbacks. And then the Jets had the same offense. You know, their head coach is a, a former 49er as well. And they went through two or three quarterbacks. So is that the downfall of this offense. Everybody says it's great. The offense is unbelievable. You know, very, you know, in it, in it, I can't even say it innovative mm-hmm. and everything, but is protection an issue? You know, I don't know over time, but this year I would say it was with that, with those stats. Yeah. It's a great question to bring up. It's a fair one too. I'm not ready to say yes yet, uh, but I would say that, you know, Jimmy G's had a history of injuries. Mm-hmm. Um, on the play where Brock Purdy got hurt. To me, that's a freak play, sort of. It is. But they had a backup tight end trying to block. We, we were talking about that earlier at the Elks today, is the guy that has 16 sacks on the year, and you're, you know, it, it's one thing to ask George Kittle to block him. It's another thing to ask the backup. You know, um, that's where I don't know if it was a true scheme where it was supposed to be Kittle and he just wasn't in or it was supposed to be that guy doesn't matter um but I don't think you want your backup quarterback one-on-one with the 16 sack guy on the year no and, and you probably don't uh and then if you look like you said the, the teams you mentioned the Dolphins Tua you know Tua's a smaller guy he had an injury history at Alabama a little bit and then going to the Jets with if we're just talking Wilson um it's a fair question and we'll know more in a year or two from now it might be a thing, actually. Uh, I'm not ready to say that for sure, but it definitely is a fair question. Yeah, I agree. All right, now let's get to um, the scenarios and slash future for Brock Purdy. It said six months, like on the release or whatever. I would say that's very aggressive. Yep. Um, you know, maybe it is, maybe it isn't. Um, I'd be almost surprised if he's ready to go at all next year. And I think this just his future 
could be in doubt, I think now, with the 49ers and even in the NFL in general. You know, yes, he was 7-0 and going into yesterday, but overall they don't know what they have with Brock Purdy. And injuries just kill careers because now he's not going to get that chance to – I mean, he's not going to be ready for training camp. He's not going to have the offseason to work out. And, and I mean, obviously you can do the mental stuff and everything, but he's not going to be able to be on the field, making the throws, seeing the, seeing the defenses in live action. And then we go to the scenarios. I think we both agree that Jimmy G's probably gone. I don't think they can keep him again. He's but, a free agent, so that, yep. that one's kind of an easy one. The yep. rest is a little bit more cloudy. Right. And then, you know, they've got a lot invested in Trey Lance, and it was going to be, you know – whether they win or lose last night, if Brock Purdy plays well, I think they've got huge decisions to make. Well, now they don't have decisions to make. Brock Purdy's not ready for the beginning of next year. Um, so do you go with Trey Lance and see what you have? And then Trey, let's say Trey Lance plays well. Well, Brock Purdy's going to sit the bench. Um, and then, and, and I think that's not a great scenario for Brock Purdy because Trey Lance gets an opportunity and plays well, they're going to go with him. That's where all their capital is invested and all their money is invested. Do you agree with that? Uh, sort of. I mean... There, there's other scenarios that are more yeah, beneficial for, for Brock Purdy, but I'm just saying, if Trey Lance starts game one and plays well next year, that is not good for the future of Brock Purdy in San Francisco. No, 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 you're right. For the future of Brock Purdy in San Francisco, no, that's that's not necessarily good. But the best thing he has going for him is the cheap contract. They're not getting rid of him. Right. And you can't trade an injured player. So he's going to be on the team for the next couple of years uh, as their backup quarterback or starter, you know, however it works out. Uh, I, I would say, you know, reading a lot of comments online, on, especially on Facebook, uh, by a bunch of, uh, well, I won't use the word. Right. But anyway, I, I, I know exactly what you're saying. Yep. Yeah. But all this does is it's no fault of Brock Purdy. He got injured no. in the game. And as the report came out, he got injured. Um, what this does is it opens up the possibility of bringing Tom Brady even yes. more than it would have. Yep. that's I have that next on my list. I do think best case for Brock Purdy in San Francisco is they trade Trey Lance and then they go sign Tom Brady slash Aaron Rodgers. I do think Tom Brady's way more of a – realistic but that type of player that he'd be there for a year or two three at max mm -hmm. you know Brock Purdy it, it wouldn't be horrible to sit behind those guys they they're true professionals two of the best that's ever done it learn from them get better you know give yourself a, a complete you know healing time you know because you know I, I would say it's not as detrimental to pitching or to throwing a football as pitching, but a lot of pitchers now, they want to have the Tommy John surgery. They're better. They're stronger when they come back with their arms. And so hopefully that is the case for Brock Purdy. Um, you never want surgery, though, and so you just never know if something goes wrong in the surgery or whatever. Uh, but, yes, bringing Tom Brady in for a year or two, which is all you can ask for from him. He's 46 years old. Yeah. Is a really – it brings that possibility way more into play. I'm 100% with you. Yeah, and I actually think it's 
it's is almost likely to, now. It's beneficial to the team that Brock Purdy. And I read some multiple people online said, no, don't think six months. They said, think nine to 10 yep, yep. for the Purdy injury. Cause he needs, if he's going to do it, do it right type of well, deal. Well, yeah, six months to get back on the field and then two or three months to get back ready to play. Right. You know, right. it'd be my. So the team can sell this as you bring in Tom Brady on a one or two year deal, whatever. It doesn't matter. Yeah. It's Tom Brady. You, you yep. figure it out. Right. And the, the 49ers have the 11th most cap space next year, which is interesting for a team this damn loaded. Right. Doesn't make any sense, <laughs> but they have the eleventh most cap space as of today. Uh, so you bring in Tom Brady, you go with Brock Purdy as your backup, hopefully. But if he's not ready week one, you know you bring in whoever, whoever's got to be that third string guy, right. and then you yep. look to trade Trey Lance. Yeah, and you can sell that to the team, the fan base, and you can sell it to Brock Purdy, saying, "Hey, you know you're going to miss part of the season. Why not learn from the goat? Yep, and then come twenty twenty four or five then you're our guy. Right. And 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 I think you can sell that to Trey Lance too. Hey, we're going to go sign Tom Brady. You're not going to play here. We're going to give you a new opportunity and you can be their guy. I, I think it's almost a win-win for everybody. And I, I, do, I do think that I don't know if they would have went after Tom Brady super hard. I mean, I think if Tom Brady shows interest in your team, you always have to listen. Yes. Uh, you know, I, I don't think they just say, no, we're, we're good. Um, you have to listen. He's from there. But I do think this brings Tom Brady into the 49ers a real possibility. And if they can keep, you know, their their team's not going to be 100% back uh, just because that's the life in the NFL. But most of those guys are back. And you got Tom Brady getting the ball to those uh, athletes. Um, they're, they're, they're ready to win a, win a Super Bowl right now, and that's what Tom Brady wants. Yeah, Shanahan just has to be thinking, good God, can I just get a quarterback to stay healthy for a season? Right. That's yep. all I need because for a few series, almost for a quarter, the 49ers were hanging in there with Josh Johnson. Yep. Uh, that defense was. So if you can have a Tom Brady that stays upright, you feel good. And as far as uh, going to Trey Lance real quick, uh, there's you know a lot of people saying, well, you're not going to get the return on your investment. Well, that doesn't matter. Things change. No. Yep. Um, you can't expect to get the return. And listen, the 49ers weren't the only team interested in him coming yeah. out. There, there's 10, 12 coaches yep. and GMs that liked him coming out. Uh, you go look at the AFC, look at the the Colts, the Texans, the Titans, the Jets, the Raiders. Those are just AFC teams. Right. Uh, they would, I'm sure one of them, if not multiple, would be interested in Trey Lance at the right price. Oh, yeah. Um, there's there's uh, a lot of teams in the NFL that, that wouldn't mind – having Trey Lance, um, you know, he hasn't really played a whole lot, but he's not a rookie. So he knows how to, you know, you, you know he's going to do from everything we've heard. I mean, obviously we're not there. Everything we've heard, he's done nothing wrong. Like he does his job. He's prepared. He just hasn't played, which is okay. Instead of a rookie where you don't know how they're going to transition to the professional game. You don't know. You think you know, but you don't know that they're going to do everything the right way. Mm -hmm. I think you do a Trey Lance. You just don't know if he can play or not. I agree with you. Uh, everything I've read, he is, you know, the quote unquote professional guy yep. that you want a quarterback uh, shows up early, stays late, all that typical stuff. We just don't know if he can play or not, as you mentioned. So there, there's plenty of teams that would be willing to trade for Trey Lance. 
uh, in the AFC. And that doesn't even mention the NFC. But, yeah, they're not going to get three first-round picks for him back. But if you bring in Tom Brady or you think you have your potential future guy in Brock Purdy, then it, it really doesn't matter. You, you can't be right. handcuffed by that. You can't go, no. oh, my God, we got to keep this guy just because we took him so high. No, you don't. No. And, and you want to get something team. back. Sure, sure. And and you get whatever you can back for him, but you can't be hand, handcuffed by it. Uh, like I said, this, this opens the door now more for Tom Brady coming to San Francisco. And if I'm Kyle Shanahan and, and Lynch – I I would probably go pretty hard after Tom Brady, even though as much as I love Brock Purdy, if he's going to miss part of the season, you can't wait. You can't waste this roster. This roster is ready to win right. now. Yep, and say, and, and that's kind of next on my my uh, bullets here is we were robbed of of a potential really good football game. That that's maybe even the worst part about what happened is that game was boring to watch. It wasn't fun to watch, but. It could have been really good. It could have been just like the AFC game. Um, we just don't know. And and that's what sucks is that that happened so early in the game and everything. We just we don't know what would have happened. Yeah, we, we don't. And a lot of people, including myself, thought this was going to be one of the best NFC championship games of all time, potentially. I thought that. I thought the, the rosters were both loaded on both teams. Right. Obviously, Philly had the edge at quarterback, just yep. a more proven guy. Uh, but, yeah, we, we got robbed, and it's just unfortunate. that I tried to think of something all day, the Brock Purdy. It's just unfortunate that it happened that early, and we couldn't see him play out the game, whether he played good or bad. Right. We just didn't get a chance to see it. Yeah, that, that's exactly right. We just don't know. Um, if he'd have played good or bad, we, we just don't know. And that's what sucks. We we were robbed from that. And then, you know, his future and the 49ers' futures changed in an instant. And that's what you just never know. Yeah, they, and, you know, they did change. I, I do think he's going to be on the team for the next yeah. two and to five years because his contract is so cheap. So right. I think he's in a I think he's in a really good spot, even if he has to sit for a year behind Tom Brady or whatever. This is about the best team he could be on. And right. They are going to keep him because they're paying him literally nothing in NFL right. dollars. Right. And, but I mean, you know, and, and obviously they showed that they were confident in him and everything by keeping him and everything from the start. If he was on a team that I don't think was all in on him and just was playing him because that's who they had, um, this could be a worse situation for him. And, and this is how careers are ended from the start. And, you know, we look back to, you know, Oskaloosa's own Tyler Sash. He got hurt, and he was kind of on that border. Team wasn't all in on him, and it just – it he never recovered. Yeah, I mean, quarterback is a obviously a, a bigger position. But, yeah, Tyler Sash, I mean, he was on the kind of the cut line, so to speak, of making the roster his last season there. Um, had had some things going on, and they decided to go a different direction. So uh, that's how quickly things can change in the NFL. As far as Brock Purdy goes, I think he's in the perfect spot. And I think for the team in Shanahan, if they do bring in Brady, I think it, it almost works out about as good as it can because they can bring in Brady, keep Brock, trade Trey Lance, and sign whoever they want as another backup. Yeah, you maybe you go draft a fourth, fifth round guy, you know, and just sit him behind yeah. and 
and you, you can find somebody there. All right, now let's uh, let's get to the Chiefs Bengals. Great game, you know, twenty three twenty, essentially last second field goal uh, by the Chiefs. Mahomes and Burrow are the top two quarterbacks in the league right now. I, I think that's pretty evident after watching watching that game and and watching the last few years. Uh, would you agree with that? Uh, sorry, what'd you say? You cut out there just a second. Uh, Mahomes and Burrow, top two quarterbacks in the league oh, right now. Yeah, yeah. This was an ultimate matchup. Uh, we, we couldn't have asked for anything better. These are the two best teams in the AFC, and these are the two best quarterbacks. And ultimately, the better quarterback, by however mar- whatever margin you want to put it on, pulled it out. Uh, we got everything we wanted. Uh, Burrow didn't play his best game. I, I guess I would say that. I'm sure there's a few throws he'd like to have back in that game. But but this was an all-time performance by Patrick Mahomes. Uh, I was kind of rooting for the Bengals, even though I love Mahomes and Reed. Uh, th- this is going to be, you know, those are the two top dogs in the AFC. And then, you know, whoever can come in and put them down, whether it's Trevor Lawrence, Allen, uh, Justin Herbert, Lamar Jackson, whatever. But the AFC is loaded with quarterbacks. We know that. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, kind of the the big story of the game is the officiating. Now, I do think both games were officiated bad overall. Now, that last call on the, you know, late hit out of bounds, that was the correct call. You don't want to call that, but that was the correct call. That's called 10 times out of 10 times. Mm-hmm. And, and you cannot blame the officials for that one. Now, there's other calls that you can. I think that third slash fourth down, whatever it was, where they ran the play, didn't make it, but it was stopped. Um, you know, again, there's proof that it was correct, that the officials did stop it, but no one could hear. And then, you know, you can always, you know, find holding slash block in the back on the return. Uh, you can find that every play if you really want to, things like that. So a quick little story here. We had our national sales meeting in San Diego uh, the, last week, and you had Zach Trimmel on. We actually paired up with a new company taking on their product line, and we met one of their sales guys. He's actually an NFL referee. Okay. He works the replay booth for New York, and he was telling us about all sorts of different stuff that goes on. Uh, you know, the tip, the stuff you'd expect, you can't be a homer of any team. You can't have a favorite team. Right. And officials get graded very severely week to week. Um, He's like, so when the Super Bowl comes or the playoffs come, these are the A, the, these are the A team officials. Not, not, uh, not, not to say they're perfect, but no. he explained a lot of stuff to us that I thought was interesting. Question for you. Now, I do think this is what makes officiating in the playoffs a little bit harder. I think these are, like you said, these are the best graded officials throughout the year, but these guys do not work together. This isn't like, this official like I think through the year it's it's this referee and his crew work these games and I think in the playoffs it's pick and choose the best of each crew so these guys aren't necessarily used to working together which sometimes makes it a little bit more difficult for those guys that that could be true I off the top of my head I I don't know that uh one way or another but you might be right on that so that, that, you know, that when, definitely can that definitely could bring in some other factors that come in, right? Because you're used to, hey, this guy always watches this area or this guy, you know, and and now you're not, you, you know, everybody does the same job. It's just like teaching. We all teach the same standards, everything else like that, but everybody does it just a little bit different. And you get used to, you know, if you have a coworker or whatever, and you're used to in a certain way, and then something changes, it just isn't as efficient. Um, so I think that is the case. I'm not 100 percent sure, and then. 
you know both of these officiating crews are sitting down today or last night or tonight, whatever, with the NFL going through every play. This is what you did right. This is what you did wrong. Just like the players and coaches are doing on, you know, on their teams, you know, they get great. Like you said, they get graded, you know, essentially a plus or minus, or, I mean, that's in the simplest terms, whether you did what you're supposed to or not. And yeah, these guys, it isn't like, Oh, I didn't have a great game. Nothing's going to happen. These guys are are wanting to work the Super Bowl. They're wanting to do the best and, you know, they don't want to mess up per se or, or miss a call, but they are human and it does happen. Yeah, the, the, this uh, new employee that we work with, he actually was a part of the Tampa Bay Cowboys playoff game. Okay, and so, he he, so he's a good how, official. Yeah, he he explained how that was a big moment in his career mm-hmm. and his coworkers' career that 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 was a big moment for them to get to call that game and officiate it. So they take it very seriously. And, and I told you before, I'm going to go on a quick little rant here with the Chiefs. Yep, Chiefs fans out there, love Patrick Mahomes, love Andy Reid. I'm sorry to break it to you, but the NFL is not against you. Roger Goodell is not against you. There's no conspiracy theory. Uh, you have one of the most popular quarterbacks and head coaches of all time. So Mahomes is Mahomes, but the Chiefs fans are starting to act like Jackson Mahomes, in my opinion. Stop it. We all love Patrick Mahomes. Quit acting like fools out there. The NFL is not out to get you. You're one of the most popular teams of all time with quarterback and coach. So just quit. You're embarrassing yourself on Facebook. Quit acting like Jackson Mahomes and act like Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. And I agree. I I did see that a lot that, you know, um, like everybody's disrespecting them and, and they're not, they have no, it's like Georgia, that one Georgia guy saying, you guys all predicted us to be seven and five. Well, no one predicted Georgia to go seven and five this year. Maybe not to win the national title, but just like, you know, the Chiefs, you know, they were supposed to be right where they're at. You know, mm-hmm. you know, getting to the Super Bowl is a Super Bowl, but they were supposed to be playing in that championship game. They did. It was a heck of a game. They got, you know, the benefit of a call, and then the kicker made the kick. And so they got take advantage of the situation that presents itself, and they did. But yeah, yeah they and- they weren't um no one was out to get them and, and they they're weren't not victims they yeah, they're, they're not back like it yeah yeah uh, it's, it's, exactly. embarrassing. it's embarrassing because the patriots dynasty was one i, I thought was easy to root against because you know belichick's kind of cranky and brady's sort of boring uh this chief's dynasty potential dynasty which i think it will be is fun like everybody likes Mahomes and andy reed yeah, and, and Kelsey makes it a little bit interesting too. Yeah, you know, yeah. So you know, we're here in the Midwest and we see the high V commercials with those two. And I don't know if you see them out in Colorado or anything, but they're kind of fun to watch. And um yeah, I mean, five straight AFC title games, five straight at home. He's never been an underdog in the playoffs. We'll see where it ends up. Um, you know, the only other person to have five straight or five uh AFC title games is Tom Brady, and it took like 10 years to do that. Mahomes has been in the championship game every year he's been a starter, and I know we've talked about that before, but just uh, they need to win another Super Bowl or two, though, to get a true dynasty going. Um, they, now, they do. Now, now let's go to our picks. I went one and one. I had the 49ers, and then I had the Chiefs, so my overall playoff record is seven and five. You went 0 and two, correct, Trev? Correct. I had uh, both away teams. Yep. And then, so you're eight and four. So one game up. So I guess if we pick different teams, uh, we could just uh, tie 
Zach off last week. He did go two and zero. He did pick, uh, you know, the Eagles and the Chiefs. So he did go two and zero in our picks. So I did want to say that. And then just going forward, we are not going to make our Super Bowl picks this week, um, since it is a two week layoff. Uh, we'll pick those next week, along with you know, the awards and everything that come out next week and the Hall of Fame and and all that stuff. We'll talk more about that stuff next week on next week's episode. Yeah, next week. Um, yeah, by the way, good job by Zach for getting both those right. Uh, I, I thought both games were coin flip, but he he definitely got those two and zero. Um, I probably let my emotions get a little bit too involved. Of course, the the Chiefs and Bengals was yeah, definitely was, a coin flip. Yeah, um, it wasn't. We were kind of watching the live lines. Uh, Zach actually, we play basketball on Sunday nights, and we left basketball a little bit early to come back and watch this watch the end of the game here at the house. And we were watching the live lines. Now I stream all my TV on on, through Roku and everything. So we're a little behind. And so you could see if they made a first down or didn't make a first down. So we're a little bit hard. So we ended up stopped looking at it, but um, it was kind of interesting. You could have got some pretty good odds there when Cincinnati had the ball there last time. Uh, They were like minus two Oh eight to win. So I I definitely thought they were going to go and score when Joe Burrow got the ball back. I I thought they were going to go down and get at least a field goal. Yeah, and so you would have got some good money there with the Chiefs. It would have been 130 or something. I don't know exactly what it got to, but it would have been somewhere in that uh, in that area there. So, all right, well, let's take a, a quick break here. We'll come back with our, our bet stamp pick of the week, and then we'll talk uh, college basketball. Is it, uh, you know, the calendar is going to turn to February here on Wednesday. And, you know, obviously – then we head right into March, and and that's the the key bas- college basketball time. So we'll take a quick break here, and we'll be back here in just a minute. Sounds good. If you want the new Morgan you asked for koozie delivered to your mailbox, please give us a five star rating and review on your podcast player. Screenshot the picture of it and email it to me. The email address is Morgan you asked for podcast at gmail dot com. Thanks again for listening. All right, welcome back here to Morgan You Asked For Podcast, second half of the episode this week. Trevor does want to finish up a little bit more with the Chiefs, and then we'll we'll move on to college basketball and everything. So last thing you want to talk about with the Chiefs, Trev. Just uh, before we even get to that late hit out of bounds on Patrick Mahomes, you know, the Chiefs did have the ball, or excuse me, the Bengals did have the ball, had an opportunity to get down the field, waste a little bit of time, which they didn't do a good job of. Then they punted to the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. Chiefs had a great return. Uh, I think that gets forgotten about a little bit. Yep. And then Asai, he, it, it sucks. It, it was the right call. You, you can't push the quarterback there, uh, even though it wasn't a hard push. You can't extend your arms. In that. Right. Yeah. And it, it sucks because, you know, in the reality of football, should that be a penalty? Probably not. Because, again, both players run toward the sideline. But in today's NFL, you have to know that's coming. But as Nick Wright and some other people brought up, even if he hadn't have done that, was there any doubt that the Chiefs were going to get another 5 to 10 yards Yeah, because another play? Yeah, there were still eight seconds left. So they would have had another play. And, yep. and you know, you'd, you'd never know what's going to happen. But, yes, I mean, they had another play. They, you know – you feel horrible for for a side because he played a great football game. He mm-hmm. he played awesome, and it sucks watching him on the sideline crying and you know teammate coming over. And is it BJ Hill that that talks? Yep. 
with yep. with him, uh, you know, in kind of the post game press conference or you know there at his locker, and yeah, I mean just you know you you feel horrible for him and you feel horrible for the Bengals because you don't want that to decide it because like you said they have to get you know that they're not kicking that field goal from sixty you know if they don't get any yards now eight seconds left I do think they get some yards you don't sure. know how many. Uh, but say instead of 15, you get seven. Well, that makes it harder. It it probably makes it by seven yards, but, you know, it just changes everything. The old butterfly effect. You just never know what's going to happen. And, and you feel horrible, just like, you know, Fred Warner stood up for Brock Purdy and said, hey, we're not here unless he's here. He shouldn't feel bad. Well, well, they all feel bad. You know, Brock Purdy wishes he could have been 100% healthy, healthy and help his team. He knew he, he was not helping his team. Or he couldn't help his team. You know, Sai felt like he cost his team, and, and it, it there is they are humans and they do have emotions, and they do have feelings. We do forget about that sometimes. All of no, they, all they, of them, they do. And again, when it when it went back to the Bengals, where they did not convert and they had to punt the ball <laughs> back to the Chiefs, I forget the exact time, but when they punted that ball before Sky Moore even caught it, but when they went out there in punt formation. I thought in my gut, I'm sure a lot of other people did, this game's over. The Chiefs are going to go down and get a field goal. Like, it's inevitable. Right. When you have arguably the greatest quarterback maybe to ever play the game skill-wise. Now, not accomplishments because that's Tom Brady. But when the, when the Bengals went out there to punt, I thought, game over. The Chiefs are going to go down and score. Now, I didn't know they were going to get a great return right. from Sam Moore. But I figured the offense would figure out a way to get too big chunk plays uh and regardless they they got those plays that they needed but when the Bengals punted I thought game over that that's it you cannot give the ball back to the Chiefs and we've seen it time and time again here's another example and I think teams are going to start to learn from that now if you're the Bengals, I forget what it was I forget what the fourth down yardage was but I think it's going to put teams in a position to think if they have a fourth and seven a fourth and eight do they go for it? I agree. And then, or do they, or do they punt it and hope for the best? Because we've seen how punting and hoping for the best goes. You lose. Yep. And then, and then we did get, you know, kind of we talked about getting we as a public, you know, robbed of a potential great. We got robbed of seeing the new playoff overtime rules where both teams get a ball no matter what, get the ball no matter what, and you know that would have been interesting as well. It wouldn't have been like last year with the Bills and Chiefs where the Bills get the or the Chiefs get the ball and just go down the field and win football game and, and Josh Allen doesn't even get to touch the ball. So we did get robbed of that as well. People forget about the new rules a little bit as also. Yeah, and there's a fine line when the Bengals had that that last offensive drive that they had, I thought, boy, I remember thinking in the back of my head, you gotta waste a little bit more time. It's a fine line, right? Because you're trying to kill time, but you're trying to get down the field and score. And like I said, when they had to punt the ball back to Mahomes, I thought that's it. That that's the game. And I'm sure most people probably thought the same thing. I I agree. I mean, you just the way the NFL is so efficient on offense now, if you have a minute left, you can go the length of the field. You know, it always used to be the two minutes. It needed two minutes to get downfield. Not anymore. Um, and then, you know, obviously where they got the the big head start with the good return. You know, they didn't need very much time at all. No, given given this age of Kansas City Chiefs and Mahomes, 
uh, in my opinion, depending on where you're on the field, of course, you need two plays. That's all you need. Right. Two plays in a spike, and you'll get in field goal range if that's what you need, of course, to win the game. But the, the Chiefs are different. The Chiefs are changing the game. Mahomes is changing the game. You can't look at it as if you're playing against Daniel Jones or Kirk Cousins or Dak Prescott. I mean, this is Patrick Mahomes. You give him the ball back for 46 seconds, he's getting his team down the field regardless of what it – however it takes, special teams, whatever, and you're going to lose. Yeah, they're going to have a chance to win the football game. Now, yeah, whether the kick goes in or he does, you know, a fumble or an interception, those things do happen. But, you know, they're going to have a chance. Absolutely. All right. Now let's move on to our next, uh, you know, our bet stamp segment here. Uh, remember, the bet stamp pick of the week is our, our new segment here with our new partner, Bet Stamp. Thank you to them. You know, down, download the Bet Stamp app, app. And I think you did that today, right, Trev? Finally home after uh, several weeks on the road. And use that referral code Morgan U4, kind of, you know, kind of a play on our words of our, our podcast here. So, again, Morgan U4, when inside the app, use it to find the best odds for each game using all the sports books that you've downloaded into your app. The app also allows you to enter your bets and track your results. If you'd like to follow me, I'll be entering my picks of the week and other bets on the app. So, follow CAP3462 to track my bets. And my bets so lately have not been good um, a little bit better here lately but I had like a one and 13 stretch there at the middle to end of last week uh, I was on a on a bad roll I've done a little bit better over the weekend but this uh, week's uh, bet stamp pick of the week is the Kansas Jayhawks over the Kansas State Wildcats minus six and a half is is the best odds on bet rivers uh, minus 110 um, you know kind of a, a super book has seven but most of it is all six and a half. Um, if you like Kansas State, FanDuel has the best uh, odds there. It's plus six and a half, but it's it's just minus 102. Uh, so I encourage FanDuel there if you're a Kansas State fan. Over under uh, 145 and a half at FanDuel, and then under 146 and a half there at Bet Rivers. So um, depending on your state, uh, had, you know, they all have different bet uh, sports books, but download the Bet Stamp app and get that referral code. Morgan U4 uh, to, you know, help uh, the podcast. And then you can track my bets and it, it's pretty slick and, you know, it's, it's fun to track your bets and especially if you're winning, but if you're losing, um, you know, it just, it gives you kind of stats and stuff. If you're kind of a stats geek, it, it, it does help and it makes it a little bit more fun. Yeah. I saw that uh, I followed you, uh, saw the red negative. Oh yeah, course, which is not good. But I I saw some other people too that you could follow, which were in the green. Um, that makes it fun. Uh, you can you know if if there's someone you like that you like the way they bet and they're doing good, you can follow them. And as we talked about before, uh, Bet Stamp is going to give you the best odds of all the sites, uh, specifically in Iowa, which most of our listeners are from, and we're all from. Uh, you're going to get the best odds right on there, and then you know you know where to go and what to do. Yeah, that that's the that's their number one thing is is you just go on there and and it just you know just lists you know right at the top best odds and it's you know Kansas State money line is FanDuel, Kansas money line is DraftKings, you know then FanDuel, Bet Rivers, and then it does list like you know say you do only have money in one account, say you do only have it in uh, DraftKings, so it, it does show you those odds as well, even if they aren't the best. 
Um, but it just, it shows you all the different options there. So it's uh, just another tool to have if you are into the betting and, and maybe just give you that little bit of an edge. And we've talked about it, that half a point here or, you know, minus 102 instead of minus 110, you know, for that single bet, it's not a huge thing, but over time, those, those make uh, big, big dividends and, and can help you make more money gambling. That's right. When it comes to gambling, you're, you're looking for any edge you can get to yep. uh, make a little bit more money. So let's take those casinos down, bet stamps here to help us find the best, best odds. And it's a useful tool. So if you're a better in Iowa, there's no reason you shouldn't have this. Absolutely. And yeah, um, Zach and I, and we went over to Riverside on, on Saturday night and donated some money to uh, the blackjack table. It was not uh was not a wallet filling station as I like to call it. It was a wallet emptying station on, on Saturday night. Well, that just means they have more money free to fill up next time. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> All right. Now let's, let's move on to uh college basketball and Iowa state. Uh, they play here in about 20 minutes uh, on the road at Texas tech in, in a big game. Texas tech has not won a big 12 game yet, but if Iowa state would win this game, it is still a quad one win. And that's interesting, you know, because all the Big 12 teams are are really highly thought of in the analytics and the net and the Ken Palm and whatever else, the analytical matrix that you want to see. They're all really high no matter what their record is. Um, they need to bounce back. Uh, got blown out um, Saturday afternoon in Columbia, Missouri uh, against the Missouri Tigers, who are a middle-of-the-pack SEC team. Caleb Grill did not play. Um, still questionable whether he plays tonight. I've not seen either way. I haven't looked on Twitter uh, since school got out. Um, but I would I would assume he will give it a go. Now, how much and how effective he'll be, we'll see. But uh, Iowa State needs to win this, and then that, that will bring in the huge matchup Saturday uh, morning at 11 a.m. against Kansas at Hilton. So if Iowa State somehow could go 2-0 and and be 8-2 and in the conference, they'll be right on top of the conference and – and just give them that much better chance of winning the Big 12. I know I listened to you and Zach's podcast last week when I was able to be on. Uh, you were talking that Iowa State was potentially a number two seed, had to go play at Missouri, which they lost. Um, you know, where where do you project them to be, you know, after these next two games? Where would you think that they would be, depending on wins and losses, of course? Yeah, um, I think Jerry Palm and CBS had them today as a three seed. And I think they had them in Al Albany, uh, New York. Um, and, and that's probably about where they're at. If they would go 2-0 and this week, they're going to jump at least to a 2. And if they beat Kansas, and depending on what else happens, you know, obviously you can't control everything else. But, like, let's say Kansas beats Kansas State tomorrow night, like I, I am predicting on my bet stamp pick of the week. And then – so that gives Kansas State another loss. Iowa State has a win against Kansas State. And then Iowa State would beat Kansas on Saturday. You're talking a two slash, you know, moving up to a one seed. If you win the Big 12, which is the best conference in college basketball, you're probably a one seed. And that's just the fine line. Now, the things that are going to drop you a little bit from that one line is that loss to Missouri, that loss to Iowa. You know, and then you got a loss, you know, the loss to Kansas by two points isn't going to do anything to it. But then you got a loss to Oklahoma State um, on the road. And, and you know, you just can't have those 
losses to get that one seed, but we'll see. And they're going to lose more games in the, in the big 12 too. They're not going to finish with two losses. I don't think, um, you know, I would, I would say at least two more losses, you know, you, you hope you win all your, all your games at home. And then, you know, you're going to, you're going to have, you still got to go to Texas. You still have to go to Baylor and you still have to go to Kansas state. And those are all three going to be really hard games. Yeah. They're, I mean, basketball, there, there's a fine line between being, you know, a top seed or three or four or five seed, whatever, whatever it might yeah. be. Not saying I would say it's going to be any of those, but you're right. I mean, every game does matter. And like I said, listen, you and Zach talk about that Missouri game. You know, Iowa State's probably the better team, obviously, yep. but that's a game that you dropped uh, in the grand scheme of things. It's not a big 12 game anymore. No, they dropped one, still, one position in the net ranking. So it really didn't hurt, but it just it's another missed opportunity. Yeah, you know, exactly. It is what it is. It doesn't necessarily hurt you, but it's a that would have been another, you know, quad one, quad two win, and just another opportunity for the committee to say, hey, that they went on the road in the middle of Big Twelve season against an SEC, pro- maybe a tournament team, right? Probably pretty close to the bubble right now, mm-hmm. and you know, you just you just you can't get those games back. But as long as you take care of business in the Big Twelve, it doesn't matter. Yeah, and that's the most important thing, like you said. Take care of business of the Big 12. Try to get that Des Moines location. Yeah, that, that's uh, a for, big deal. I was for a obvious little, reasons. I was a little surprised, and and I saw, the way Jerry Palm had it, they had Kansas State as a one seed and Kansas as a two seed, both in Des Moines. And obviously you cannot have, um, you know, Big 12 teams facing each other so early. And so um, – and so I don't know how that worked exactly, but he did not have them in Des Moines. Um, you got to keep those top four seeds to get that preferential treatment. You know, it's not a guarantee, but um, as long as they stay in the top three, four of the Big 12, and you keep I, – I think right now you should your, – your goals for Iowa State should be, you know, finish in the top four of the Big 12 and be a, a three-seater better in the NCAA tournament. I think that's your your goals for the end of the year for Iowa State right now. Yeah, it's exciting for Iowa State. Uh, again, Des Moines got tournament games coming up. I looked, uh, Denver, Colorado's got yep. some games, so may look into that. Um, I think I saw Iowa was in Denver as a, a 7 or a 10 seed. I can't remember which one they were, but they were in that 7-10 game. Well, I'll go watch them and McCaffrey lose like they do in the tournament. Um, <laughs> they might win the is... first. They might win the first one, but. Yeah, not... maybe. Um <laughs> that, that, that'll, yeah, be, that'll be the bet stamp pick of the week is if they do get to that second game the bet stamp pick of the week will be the Hawkeyes losing probably yeah, not because, they're playing. yeah because probably not because we won't have a podcast over the weekend but we may have to have a special special one for that yeah exactly you can get on here for like five minutes and just yep. do your bets <laughs> even if even if both of us aren't available to get together yeah. um yeah I don't blame you it's it's a little frustrating there on the Hawkeyes part but no Iowa State uh by all accounts is having a great season I'm going to have to start getting into college basketball this week, I decided. Because, um, again, we got the Pro Bowl coming up and then the Super Bowl, which is, you know, essentially two weeks away, which we'll yeah. do another podcast for. But uh, football is coming to an end. So I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to force myself to get into college basketball just so we have some more stuff to talk about. And it's fun. Um, yeah. So that, that time is coming. I'm looking forward to it. And I'm glad Iowa State's doing really well. It's interesting for Iowa. They sound like maybe a bubble team at this point. Correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, I, I do think they were the 10 seed there. Um, yeah, kind of anywhere from, you know, 
I don't see anywhere where they're not in the tournament, but they definitely could improve their seed and not going to get the the benefit of the doubt right now. Um, you know, obviously last week they split, uh, went on the road to Michigan State, had it started out great, ten to nothing. Uh, ended up losing by I believe two points. That was one of my one and thirteen because I think the spread was two and a half. Got hooked there, uh, but that does happen. Um, and then they come back, uh, you know, yesterday afternoon and, and scored ninety some points on Rutgers, who's I think the second best uh, team in the Big Ten. Season sweep on them, and one of the better defensive teams in the Big Twelve, and scored ninety three points yesterday. And so that was a, uh, you know, just a, a great game for Iowa. Patrick McCaffrey was back, made made a few, a couple three pointers there. Glad he's doing better. And, you know, the, the more players you have and, and the better they are, the better your team should be. Uh, a big week, you know, obviously winning on Sunday. Tomorrow night is that makeup game against Northwestern that they missed out on a, a couple weeks ago. And then Illinois over the, the weekend at home. So three straight home games. You know, if they could go somehow 3-0 and and that um, gets them right back into the mix in the Big Ten race. Yeah, three and zero would be really good. Uh, you at least want to go two and one. I would yep. assume those three. Yep. And again, then then we're getting into Big Ten, Big Twelve, whatever conference tournament time. Uh, it's not too far away. No, so it's not. That's usually when I start paying attention to basketball. Um, March Madness, obviously, we all love March Madness. Filling out the brackets that first weekend is probably about as fun as any weekend in sports as you can come up with. I agree. I mean, and, you know, conference champion, you know, conference week is almost as good because there's actually a lot more games. I mean, you can find games on from 10 in the morning to midnight um, during those conference championship weeks, just because of all the different tournaments that are happening. And, and so many of the smaller tournaments that it's, it's, you know, essentially one and done, you know, they're playing already in the tournament. You know, if they don't win their tournament, they're done. So all those teams are, you know, they know if they lose, their season's over. Yeah, I mean, conference tournament time is it's that's usually when I start getting into the basketball things. Um, I'll probably try to start a little bit early this year, but it is good to hear that Iowa State's having a great year. Iowa is on the right track. Yep, you know they still have work to do, obviously, but hopefully both teams make the tournament. Be cool to see. Obviously, be cool to see Iowa State in Des Moines. Um. I'm sure a lot. I'm sure just about everybody that we know would be there for that game. Um, there. Well, I I assume Wells Fargo, right? Yeah. Not gonna do it yep. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, the the tickets would be outstanding price. I looked uh, Saturday. You know, eleven o'clock game against Texas. It's like two hundred fifty dollars to get in right now. Um, that that's crazy. Yeah, just, just I, for the one game, but but it's a big game, and and Iowa game. State is is rocking right now. You know, selling out almost. I mean, essentially every game, and uh, you know, Hilton Magic is is back. No, that that's good. I'm I'm glad we're gonna have stuff to talk about because I'm I was kind of sitting here today. I'm kind of getting a little little sad that you know we only got one game left in the NFL as far as football goes, and then you know we got the combine coming in. Now, coming now one thing I I've seen these commercials, but is the USFL and the XFL back this spring? Uh, I, I, I think they will be, I, I, I should think, probably, I should know more on that than I do, which I don't, oh, uh, I don't either. On me. 
but we may uh-huh. be able to talk about something or at least you know there might be some cyclone or hawkeyes playing in that stuff there, so. there probably will be so I'll, I'll do some that that gives me something to that'll give me something to do some research on each week uh for you know 30 minutes a day or something but you're right i'll, I'll look into that there's definitely got to be hawkeyes and cyclones that are playing in that at the end of february we got the combine beginning of march we got the free agency and then toward the end of april we got the nfl draft as far as football goes but there, there's a lot more stuff going on in between there too yeah golf seating up uh roy mcelroy and patrick reed battling out in dubai uh roy mcelroy hangs on there and the masters will be coming up and you know the live golfers are playing in that so that'll be a big storyline and then you know really the storyline in golf is just which tournaments can the live golfers play and which ones can they not yeah, that that's going to be really become a. I think it'll become a, bit, a bigger topic for us to, especially at Masters time, but moving forward, uh, because now that this thing is, you know, it's been in play for a while now. Now they're going to start to meet it ahead, and there's going to be good and bad outcomes for every decision, finish, whatever you want to call it. So, um, yeah, golf's an interesting spot. I don't know what's going to happen long term, but it is going to create for some drama. Absolutely. Just uh, watching a basketball game here, Citadel and Chicago State. So, Those sound like teams I need to go bet on right now at 400 to 1 to win it all for two bucks. Yeah, they're not going to do it. (laughs) Chicago State, I think, just won it on a last-second shot. Yep, they did. Chicago State comes back and wins. So that's a heck of a win there for Chicago State. I don't even know what their mascot is. So, yeah, tough, tough to say, but yeah, I mean, March Madness is coming up. We uh, we should do a little bracket pool on here. We'll each submit one. Yeah, we could. Does better. We don't have to go through every game. Obviously, that would take too long. But maybe you and I could both submit a bracket and just see what yeah. the results are. Well, we we can make uh we can get on you know CBS or or one of those and and make a bracket pool and just have it you know Morgan asked for a podcast. And then if you want to join it, we can we can add you to it. So we we can figure out something there. That'd be good. That's a good idea. All right. Well, again, thanks uh, everyone for uh, tuning into this week's episode. And you know, next week will be you know really all Super Bowl. Uh, and again, we'll talk Iowa State basketball. But next week's going to be heavy Super Bowl, and who's going to win the MVP, and who's going to win the Rookie of the Year, and the all the different awards and everything. And then I think also we find out who goes into the Hall of Fame. Correct. I think so, but I'll have to look it up. That you might be right on that. Yeah, so just I, I kind a, of forgotten about the Hall of Fame this week. Yeah, just a lot of things going on uh, in the NFL as, as the season wraps up. So, and it's in Phoenix, so that's kind of crazy. Um, you know, the waste management opens there as well. Uh, so, crazy time in Phoenix right now, or coming up, I guess not right now. Yeah, I uh, I got coworkers that live down there. I got customers that are going. And I'm not jealous of the sixty to one hundred and twenty dollars Uber rides that people are paying. Uh, yeah, going to be paying that week. Yeah. So my parents are actually they just got to Mesa, Arizona tonight. Uh, they were good. They were supposed to head out uh, next or this coming Saturday, and they didn't realize that was a Super Bowl and the the waste management open. They went to look at hotel rooms, and there were rooms which actually kind of surprised me, but they were like six hundred dollars a piece. And you couldn't use your points. And my dad's like, absolutely not. 
So they left early. They, they left Saturday and then got there today. Um, so yeah, so it's, they're, they're staying this week and, you know, probably going to leave next Wednesday or Thursday, I think. So yeah, down there in Phoenix, waste management, Super Bowl, uh, everything's going to be jacked out. So yeah, $600 for a hotel room is going to be about the bare minimum. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was not a, that was just a hotel room. It wasn't a, yes, stay, just a room. It wasn't an extended stay. It wasn't anything. My dad's like, uh, no. So yes. Save that for the, uh, the billionaires that are going down there. Yeah. So, yeah. And it's like, like when we went to the Ryder cup, you know, what was that in 2020, 21, whatever it was. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we stayed in a hotel room that was $700 that night cause it was close, but my dad was able to use points. You know, so it didn't cost us anything. It was just like a regular one, uh, which a little bit surprised me, but he's like, I'm like, well, perfect. So, <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, if you can use points, that helps. But yeah, Super Bowl weekend in Phoenix, Scottsdale, whatever, uh, you're going to be paying out the you know what. And unless you're extremely rich, uh, it's not a place you want to be. Yeah. So, so that's, you know, kind of Super Bowl prices and everything. Here's, here's a question for you. Let's say the tickets are five thousand dollars a piece, and you're taking two, so you got ten thousand mm-hmm. dollars, and and you're not like super rich, but you have the money. Would you rather go to the Super Bowl or just go on a vacation somewhere for a week, a week vacation, or go to the Super Bowl with ten thousand dollars? Oh, me too. Every time. Um, actually, I stopped in and talked to Doug DeCock, and we were talking about that as well today. Just, I just think that I'd love to go to a Super Bowl. I, I think it would be fun, but that's a lot of money. You know, and again, I don't have that right now, but hopefully someday, you know, $10,000 doesn't mean as much to me, um, you know, later in life or whatever. And where, but yeah, just, yeah, I'd much rather go for a week somewhere. I agree. And it'd be cool to go to the Super Bowl, but I think the Super Bowl's lost its, lost its luster a little bit to the regular folks like you and you and me, where, we don't need to go and spend uh, two or three, four year savings to go to the game. Well, have just as much fun watching on TV. Whereas yeah. you said you'd rather take a, you know, a vacation of a lifetime, so to speak. Right. Rather than just go to a game for a night. Absolutely. I mean, it's just, it's just priced itself out of a lot of people. And then, you know, it's just the way it is. And, and that's okay. Um, people love to do that and go to those parties and everything. And, Great for those people. Yeah, no, there's no wrong answer. But yeah, for me, uh, give me that extra money. Let me take a vacation or two to a destination city or whatever with friends or myself. Or even or just, just going to a, a game. Even not even doing that, but just how nice would it be if you had $10,000 just to put on, you not have to pay, not have to worry about rent for 10 months or put it on your house for, you know, there's $10,000 yeah. ahead on your, on your house or whatever. Um, there's just 10 lots. grand on the uh, bet stamp bet of the week. Yeah, there you go. That's <laughs> you might you might be better off going to the Super Bowl. At least you get something back with that. But yeah, well, uh, you know, bet's 50 50. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't think so. I wish it was. So, all right. Well, I think we'll wrap it up. Iowa State's going to start here in about three minutes. About perfect timing here, Trev. Yep. Um, go Cyclones. Uh, hopefully, they pull out the, the win. Hopefully, Caleb Girl, Girl is able to play and play well. And they get back to uh, Cyclone basketball tonight. All right. Good talking to you. Go Cyclones and Hawkeyes for basketball. Hope they make the tournament. And we will talk to you next week. All right. See you later, Trev. Talk to you later.